Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Every Wednesday night, come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high-fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salt Productions and Sunday Edition. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media 1, that's American Council of the Blind, Media 1, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, and I'm here with the Dream Team. I am here with, as always, Byron Lee, our executive producer and sidekick extraordinaire. Hey, Byron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How cold is it where you are? <laughs> Let's just say I've got my vitamin D light turned on because I am not going outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, hosting for us is Sheila Young. Uh, welcome back to Sunday Edition. We love when you're with us. Thank you. It's nice to be here. And welcome to Clubhouse over there. I've got Brad moderating. So, Brad, what I'm going to ask is when we are doing questions, um, when I throw it to Sheila, if there's anyone on stage, just let us know um, and, and we'll take our Clubhouse folks as well, okay? Will and welcome do. to Sunday Edition. Thank you for being here. All right. So, we're going to get into Mastodon, the dinosaur, the roar in a couple of seconds. I just have a couple of announcements. I want to start off by reminding everyone that for the entire month of December, karaoke is devoted to holiday music. And it was kicked off last night in a spectacular way. Sheila, you were there. Do we not have such amazing talent in the American Council of Vine? Oh, my gosh. It's beyond belief. <laughs> it's just it amazing. It is, you know, and everybody puts their heart and soul into it. You know, it just, it's so nice to to hear the excitement in people when they're, when they're introducing their song and when they unmute to cheer everybody on. It, it really is a community. It, it's one of the bright stars of our community. And I wish I could shout out every single performer, but I do have to say, Colby, if you're listening, I felt like I was watching a holiday special or you know, a, an award show with your performance. It was magnificent. <laughs> um, I do want to remind or shout out to folks that next Monday on the 12th will be the second installment of Lessons in Advocacy from the LGBTQIA community. Um, it'll be a great conversation with BPI's incoming president, Leah Gardner, 
um, ally extraordinaire, Miss Debbie Grubb, myself, and a lot of members of BPI. And we'll be borrowing some of the text from Making Gay History. Eric was um, our guest for the first of that series. He'll be back for, for program number four in February. So please save the date. And I don't know what the dates are yet, but look out. You know, I announce everything all over the place. Um, A Christmas Carol from Shane Soft Productions and Sunday Edition will be back again this year. And there will be a community call with the Hispanic subcommittee um, also presenting A Christmas Carol in Spanish. It is so beautifully done. If you didn't get a chance to listen to it last year, um, in either language or both languages, if you so choose, please experience it this year. It is so beautifully done. Um, Byron, before we turn over to the main stage, what do you got going on on the fun zone tonight? Um, you know, so last week we did Weird Al Day. Um, and uh, I, it's it's been a crazy week and I have not prepared so I don't know. But one of the fun things about the Fun Zone is we often do a theme uh, and, and cover a specific topic. Sometimes that theme is decided upon the very afternoon that I create the playlist. So um, if you're into that kind of thing, you know, you can certainly stop by and check it out. And uh, where can they grab the Fun Zone? Um, my website is byronlee.com. That's B-Y-R-O-N-L-E-E.com. And I'm also on Twitch um, every Sunday from 7 until 9 central. If you go to twitch.tv forward slash byronj27, you will find me streaming live comedy music and novelty records and all kinds of weird stuff. Oh, Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, so... We're going to be talking all things Mastodon, and believe me, there will be more than enough time for questions and comments or tips and tricks if you brought them for us. Um, you know, I really thought long and hard about this show, <laughs> and it went through several ideations of folks that could come and wanted to come and then couldn't come. So, you know, I scrambled at the last minute and found an extra expert, which is amazing. I'm so glad for the first time to have um, Michael Doyce on the program. Uh, David Goldfield and Jeff Bishop are back. And I want to ask um, our experts to introduce themselves, tell us a little bit about our, themselves, and then we'll get into Mastodon itself. So let's start with David. Sure. Thanks so much, Anthony. Thanks for having me back on your show. And it's great to be on um, with all of you guys today. So, hey, um, this is David Goldfield. Um I've been working in the uh, assistive technology space for a little over 30 years, um, currently a, a product manager with Comcast's accessibility team. And in my spare time, I hang out on Mastodon, which I guess is why I was asked to come on this show. So I'm really looking forward to chatting all about Mastodon. And just for fresh people on um, on your list, uh, I am very, very grateful to all that you do for the community. I, I learn so much from you on a daily basis. So if people want your tips and tricks and, and posts, how can they get them? That's kind of you to, to ask. Um, so it's called Tech VI, and it's tech dash with VI after that. And it's basically just regular updates and announcements and info, primarily, though not exclusively about blindness assistive technology. You can get those in your inbox uh, by subscribing to tech, that's T-E-C-H dash V-I plus 
subscribe at groups.io. That's tech-vi plus subscribe at groups.io. And if that's too much for you to remember and you don't have your note taker, computer, smartphone, or slate and stylus writing that down, you can just go to my website, which might be a little bit easier to remember, which is davidgoldfield.org. Awesome. All right, Mr. Bishop, welcome back to Sunday Edition. Thank you for getting up early for me. <laughs> oh, not a problem at all. Uh, hi, I'm Jeff Bishop. I'm a uh, board member of ACB and um, serve as the chair of the Information Access Committee, which, by the way, we're, we're already deep in planning for a convention next year and uh, bringing something I think all of you will find extremely engaging and uh, innovative um, to the convention next year. So. Um, it would be very, very, very interesting. Uh, think of multi-session, uh, multi-hour event uh, that that is top of mind across ACB right now. So we'll we'll, we'll just give you that little tidbit right there. <laughs> um, I am a product manager. I work at Microsoft Corporation, uh, working on the Windows Accessibility and Power team, working on Narrator, and so uh, you know. I have just an, a tremendous opportunity to work with just extremely talented and amazing people and trying to make a difference for uh, people around the world. So it's uh, just an, an engaging opportunity. Um, I too am on uh, Mastodon. And uh, although I, I maintain presence on pretty much most of the platforms except for things like Instagram and TikTok, I'm, I, I truly haven't cracked that nut on those, but um, on Twitter, Facebook, and, and Mastodon, and uh, ha have some interesting thoughts to share in reference to, to that platform and some of the apps and, and uh, uh, things that uh, you might be able to utilize across those platforms. So uh, very, very interesting times that we live in right now in reference to, you know, where to go and, and what might meet the needs uh, for, for you. And we'll talk about the pluses and minuses of you know, why you might consider Mastodon over Twitter or Twitter over Mastodon. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not so black and white, at least in my opinion. So we'll get there. Thank you. We'll get there. Yes. All right. And David Doyce, who I have to apologize to for those of you who saw the first iteration of the um, announcements for today's show, uh, uh, Spellcheck did what it often does. And I am so sorry that you were Mr. Voice for a couple of, um, and, for a couple and of days you just, and welcome. And you just combined <laughs> both of our names. So uh, I'm Michael, uh, Michael Doeys. Yes. Well, welcome. Tell us a little about yourself, please. So, um, yes, my name is Michael Doeys, and thank you so much, Anthony, for having having me here uh, today to talk with everybody about Mastodon. I am a app developer. I work for WayAround, and I've worked in the assistive technology industry for about 11 or 12 years now. It's hard to keep track. Um, and I've done app development for about as long, and I really enjoy cutting-edge technologies and new things that are always coming out and, uh, you know, ways that we can improve our lives based on technology. So I've really adopted Mastodon as part of my social media presence because it's something I enjoy. And so one of the my, my goals is to always help people learn more about these things. I'm, I too, like Jeff, I'm in awe and uh, pretty much all the platforms, including TikTok and Instagram. I'm low vision, so I 
try to be in all the places. But, you know, I find that, uh, and we'll talk about this more later, that I conduct more conversations and, and speak more with folks on Mastodon because of various reasons. But, uh, you know, again, thanks, Anthony, for having me here. It's it's great to be on this uh, program with you guys today. Thank you so much. So I, I want to dive into the Twitter part of the conversation first. Um, unfortunately, you know, the show changed a bunch of times before we got to today, but I got to have an interesting conversation with David on, you know, things I wanted to cover and, and what we could offer to the audience. Um, and I want to give a general impression from my, from my own perspective. I don't think, even though I wrote it the way I wrote it in the, in the, um, announcements, I don't think Twitter is going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, I, you know, I have a feeling that at some point, you know, either the investors will step in or the Twitterverse itself will make its, you know, its its needs and wants known. Um, I don't think it's going to collapse, but I do think that we now need to be way more or hyper aware of the people that we're that we're interacting with. I think that a lot, you know, one of the things that I tell everyone when they ask me, "Oh, what are you going to do with your Twitter?" Um, I'm still using it and, and I'm still kind of taking information here and there that I, that I think is, is true and valid. Um, but if you do plan on, you know, getting rid of your Twitter, I tell everyone, don't completely delete yourself. Just make yourself inactive because at that point, someone can take your Twitter identity and go on and be you. And there's very little you'll be able to do about it. So if you are going to take a break from Twitter, you know, again, don't completely delete yourself. Just put yourself on an inactive status. David, did you want to talk a little bit about that too? Yeah. Um, and and I, I would tend to agree with everything you've said. So I, you know, yeah, Twitter is um, not in a good place right now. And it probably is going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, you know, there's uh, an expression that, people sometimes have to hit bottom before they can work their way up. I think, unfortunately, Elon Musk, and this is just my opinion, is heading in that direction due to his, and again, all my opinions here, uh, reckless and impulsive behaviors, um, nothing to to be proud of. But I think, um, you know, he's not going to own Twitter forever. And um, while Twitter could collapse, um, I think it's also equally possible that as it hits its bottom through a variety of circumstances, it could work its way up. So, um, and, and I really want to stress, Anthony, what you said. It is very tempting um, to say, you know, I don't like the way Twitter's going. I want to just get rid of my handle and totally detach myself from that platform. And while I understand that, um, it's a little like having a website, and I've actually been through this, uh, letting your domain expire or um, deciding to just leave your, leave your apartment or your house and never come back. Because once you do that, you know, my handle on Twitter is at David Goldfield. I was lucky to be able to get that. Well, if I removed my account, somebody else, if they wanted to, could take that and use it in ways that I might not like. And that is potentially problematic to your personal and professional brand, um, yep. to your reputation, 
And uh, not that I think there are people in line wanting my handle, but I'm just saying that it can happen. I used to own davidgoldfield.com in the, I think the late nineties, I let it expire. And now it's owned by someone who's not even doing anything with it. They just want to sell it for $700. Legally, um, it's not hurting my reputation. So I, I can't really do much about it except to buy it back. But the point is you want to avoid that. So it's best, you know, as, as Anthony said, if you want to take a break from it, if you just want to leave it for a while, that's fine. But don't totally remove your account because once someone claims that account, um, you have no control over what they post. Jeff, Michael. Anthony, I have a oh, sorry. No, God. <laughs> um, I, I had a, I, just a comment here about the, the state of Twitter and, and um, you know, where we are in reference to all this. I, I think, you know, and I, I don't want to get political on this, but one could argue that, that Twitter was in a downfall prior to Elon Musk uh, actually taking control of the platform. Um, and so w one, of the, one of the things that's really great about Mastodon is that it truly allows individuals to be able to moderate within smaller communities and have a say in what happens with, within smaller communities, um, as opposed to having a corporate identity control yeah. messaging. And, and that, that is really the crucial thing here. It's not so much about whether Twitter is going to survive or not. We, I mean, it, it will, w what form it is, you know, who knows, for example, one of the, big concerns that we've had was around accessibility of the platform. Would, would accessibility be maintained? Well, now on Twitter, you cannot create a Twitter account in an accessible way. The audio capture, which by the way, I don't know, know that that's really truly accessible, uh, is, is no longer available to create a Twitter account. At least it wasn't. Now this is all subject to change and who knows they could have fixed that since the last time I checked, but you know, uh, this is just an example of, of you know ownership changes and you know re, you know firing your entire accessibility team uh, on the platform and that having severe consequences. So you know wh while all of these things are important, I think the bigger story here about Mastodon is that it allows people to have control of their own platform and their own destiny, and truly have an open protocol that allows for everyone to contribute. So for example, if something's not accessible, then you know, then you can fix it. It's all open source. You can go in and, and, and add you know, functionality to the platform and, and truly contribute back where that's not possible today with Twitter. So yeah. that really is the big message to be you know, heard here, at least in my Michael, any thoughts before I, I go to the next kind of question or topic? Oh, several. Um, you know, as far as as far as the downfall of Twitter, I, I agree with everybody else on the panel here that I don't think Twitter is going anywhere anytime soon. I could be wrong. We could be all surprised and it's gone tomorrow, but I don't think that's going to be the case. What really bothers me is like what Jeff said is things going on on and off that people rely on. And I think that's really important is, you know, if, you know, something becomes inaccessible, like, you know, Jeff just mentioned, or if they fix it tomorrow, who's to say a week later, it won't be broken again, or something else won't be broken. Like, 
What if alt text goes away? What if third-party app support goes away? You know, in two weeks, mm -hmm. we just don't know. Those are so many factors that we just don't know. And whether we want to admit it or not, uh, Twitter is becoming very political. I mean, I'm not following the guy, and I get all of Elon's tweets, and it's like, oh. And sometimes I'm uh -huh. sorry, I see them twice. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we, I wake up to check Twitter and it's like, well, there's that same tweet again. So it's like, how, why do I want to check a platform where I have to deal with this? And, you know, the, the, the other aspect of this is, you know, I, I, I fully believe that one of the biggest problems in our industry and in tech right now is we always want to do what we think the people want and not what, what the actual people want. And so algorithms right now, I think, are really what is causing social media the problems that it has. Because, you know, with Mastodon, I get to see a full, unfiltered breakdown of events from newest to oldest on my timeline. And that's just perfection, in my opinion. I get to Me see too. it all. I get to have conversations, ignore. I could add filters to, you know, filter out certain things and make it feel like an algorithm if I want to do that. There's so many things on a decentralized platform. Whereas, you know, on the side with uh, Twitter, um, I don't have those controls. And so, you know, I still check Twitter. I, I go there to see what's going on and, and what, what people are talking about there. But, you know, I, I always think to myself, like, hmm, well, I could have a lot more control over what you guys are saying and not control over what people are saying. Let me rephrase that. Control over if I see what other people are saying, if, it was, if you guys all would move over to Mastodon and it would just be a very much more free flowing conversation. And again, like Jeff said, you know, we, you have your instances, we could fix things like, you know, uh, some instances have different characteristics and, and different things like that. So it's just so much more of a open community, I think, than the top down nature of Twitter. And I think that, you know, that's the, the moral of the, the, the result of all of this that we're going to be talking about today as far as, you know, uh, where people want to end up. So open source instances, um, servers, I, I think that, you know, the perception at the moment is scary for a lot of folks in our community. This is, it's, it's a newer, um, I, it's an old idea actually, but it's, it's a new presentation of an idea. So let's break down how Mastodon actually works. Um, I know I, I read in one of David's wonderful um, postings, I, I read an, uh, a description that I really liked. And it was basically discussing email back in the day when you had different servers. And some of those servers were not friendly with each other. Um, and then, you know, regulation came along and all servers are now interacting with each other on, you know, I can be on, I'm on AOL, I'm on Gmail, back in the day I was on Hotmail, you know, and so the, the explanation that he gave, I really liked, it's sort of like your instance, your server, um, can interact with any of the servers you're not locked into just that little community but that's the community that you that you are presenting yourself through so i'm not going to call on anyone who wants to step up first and give a, a a really good description of how mastodon works 
I, I could take a crack at it if anybody uh, would like to start first. I don't mind, but I can take a give a good summary as uh, I've, I've created several instances of the platform. And, and um, you know, basically the way I think of it is you have, you know, small islands and you could build communities on those islands and then you could build bridges and, and roads and things between the different islands to communicate. And that's what's called the Fediverse. And that basically means Mastodon is federated, where uh, as you start following people from other servers and other instances, the instances will start talking to each other and sending data back and forth, and they, and they actually store some information on each other about the different users on different instances. Um, on, the, on the inside, they use a protocol called ActivityPub, and I'll go into more of that later, but basically what happens is when you follow somebody from another instance um i could type in you know um you know i have uh my main instance is uh techopolis.social so i can i have a username at uh so mike doeys and then um we have our instance name which could be mastodon.social i have an account there so you can have accounts at multiple places and multiple instances multiple islands and then I could follow basically myself on any other instance or um, follow anybody on any other instance. And as long as that instance isn't blocked, um, then you can, um, you know, talk to people on that other instance using their username. So a full username is the at sign, just like on Twitter, your username, and then another at sign, kind of like an email address, and then the the don't the domain name so like uh, mastodon.social or dragonscave.space is another popular one or um, many of the others out there and and that's what's incredible about it is is that you can just communicate between these instances and um, you know that the more instances that are talking to each other the more federated content you have this also helps because as you have more and more uh, users, the instances and the islands can only hold so many people. Um, and, you know, they can be scaled and things can be done, but eventually, you know, that becomes a burden on the administrator. So that's why a lot of some instances will ask for donations and things like that uh, to keep afloat when they get two to 3,000 um, users. So it's all depending on, uh, you know, how you sign up, where you sign up. And it's just incredible because, you know, it doesn't matter where you sign up, you can still talk to everybody else. Well, that sounds um, pretty, uh, that's a pretty good explanation. Jeff or David, do you want to add anything to that? This is David. I First of all, uh, Michael, I'm glad you went first because you did a much better introduction to that than I think I would have done. <laughs> so, um, and I like your example of kind of, you know, choosing an island, but yet knowing that for the most part, your island can communicate with other islands. And I think um, the example, Anthony, that you brought up of email is is certainly valid. By the way, that wasn't my example. Whatever piece that was that you read was something that I reposted. I didn't actually write it. So I, I just want to give credit to where it's due. But yeah, it's kind of like if somebody was on the internet and they said, hey, I'm looking for a you know, I want to, I want to do email. Um, I don't know anything about email. I want to, I want to send and receive email because uh, I've heard about email and it sounds really cool. And uh, what do I do? 
And of course, you know, you, you could start off with your internet provider's email, but the bottom line is you would choose a, a provider, right? An email provider, like Anthony, you were talking about Gmail or AOL or, or uh, Comcast.net, if you're a Comcast subscriber or, you know, any one of these things, Outlook.com, many of them are, are free. But we also know that when you choose something like Gmail, you're not just limited to only communicating with people on Gmail. You can, you know, Anthony you might be on Gmail, but he can communicate with me on Outlook.com or with Jeff or with Michael on their email providers. And there's, there, it's all, it's, it's so transparent um, that it, it just works so well that you don't even think about the fact that we're all on different email providers because they all have this internal way of communicating with one another. And so Mastodon is a lot like that. And so probably, and by the way, what we're talking about is the hardest part of Mastodon. So (laughs) once you understand this, or even understand it a little, it gets easier from here. It doesn't get harder. Normally with computer stuff, you know, with, with technical things, you start out with the basics and you work your way up to the intermediate stuff. And then you work your way up to the complex stuff if you want to go there. With Mastodon, it's almost the opposite. What we're talking about now is the hardest thing to wrap your head around. And by the way, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. And I originally was kind of like, as I was hearing about this, I was kind of like, I don't I don't know. This this sounds too complicated because you know with Twitter you just go on the Twitter website or you use a Twitter app and everybody's there and it's all easy. It's very easy to understand. Um but once you do get your head wrapped around this and if you think of it like Michael's example of the you know choosing your own island um or which email server am I going to start out with and set up shop on? It gets it, it's it's it, it's it's easy from from there. And so the first thing that I think someone has to think about when when if you say, well, I want to go on Mastodon, it sounds kind of cool. Um, is so where do I start? And where you start is you have to think, well, what server or instance, as they're sometimes called, should I choose? And there are a lot of them out there. Each each one has their own community. Um, but there are several servers and Michael, you run one. I, I was actually on it, um, that sort of, I don't want to say cater to blind people, but that have a lot of blind folks that are on there kind of like an apartment complex that sort of is set up for blind people. And then everyone who moves in is blind. So if you move into that complex, you're kind of like, oh, cool, I can hang out with other blind people in the common area, and we could talk about JAWS and iPhones and stuff that, you know, blind people can relate to. But if I want to talk to other sighted people in other buildings or counties or states or, you know, whatever, I'm not limited to that. I can leave the apartment and hang out with those people too. So I would say if you're just sort of looking for a general interest blindness thing is start out with a server or instance that has a lot of blind folks on there so that at least there'll be some conversations about topics that you can relate to. And Michael, you do you still run uh, iaccessibility.social? 
I do, and it's. Yeah. Uh, I think we have nearly fifty-eight to sixty-something uh, users now, and which is incredible. I, you know, thought, yeah, we'd have a few signups, but it's incredible that we've had the the turnout that we've had, and you know, there's always conversations, and you know, one of the things that I want to bring up too is, as a user of that server or instance or island, however you want to think of it you have a thing called the local timeline where you could see what everybody on the server is publicly posting about. And that's really neat because you can just say, I just want to find some new people. I want to, you know, see who's here and see what they're talking about. And you could do that once you sign up. And then there's also a thing called the federated timeline where you could see what everybody who follow, who's on that server, who they follow and what everybody's talking about uh, across the, uh, the Fediverse. So, it's two other ways where you can kind of kind of go out to the I, I think of it kind of as going out to the mall and just sitting at the food court and listening to what other people are talking about when you go out to the uh, the the federated timeline. And so there are ways where you can do more than what you would do on Twitter by actually discovering like minded people on, you know, with the local and the federated timelines. And that I think that's really where discoverability and, and things like that are great. And that's why some people have accounts on multiple servers. So they can say, oh, well, I have my main account here, but I want to have my presence in other places so I can just see what other people are talking about. That brings up a great point, Michael. And I think that's one of the problems, though, with Mastodon is that, you know, if you're trying to look to broaden your you know, the people who you follow and, and all of that, it can be a little tricky because generally if you try to look at someone's list of people they follow, you're only going to see those people they follow that are on your specific instance, unless you go to their profile, which can be a little bit tricky uh, to do. Now we'll talk about clients here in a few minutes, but some of the clients like Toot, do allow you to browse other instances without actually physically logging into them. So that helps. But I do think that this creates a little bit of a problem in reference to just widening your net. Um, you can do a search. And a lot of times, as long as someone on an instance is following someone you're looking for, it will tend to find that person for you. But if they're yeah. not, then that can be that can be a little bit tricky. So um, I, and, and I think that's one of the biggest hurdles of this platform. Un unlike Twitter, where everyone is in one big list, right? You know, you do a search for someone, you're going to search all of Twitter to be able to find them. Here, it's a little bit different. And that, that can be a little overwhelming for, for some people. Um, I, I know for me, for example, it, when I try to go find someone's profile, you, you tend to get taken from website to website sometimes. And it's a little bit aggravating, to be honest with you. So I think we need to see the platform grow. And there needs to be some way of, of being able to uh, allow people to search across instances to make that easier uh, so, that, so that people can find each other. And I'm, I'm hoping that will come to the platform. It's, it, boy, is it, it's changing all the time. So who knows? Yes. The problems that we're talking about right now very well could be, re, you know, be resolved in the next week. We don't know. But uh, with 8 million people plus, and, and uh, there's been a couple of million people added to the platform just in the last two to three weeks, it's, uh, it's growing very, very quickly. And you know, it's only going to get better over time. 
You, you know, know, I, I follow up. A... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I do follow a bot that, that shows you like every so often it posts uh, the growth of Mastodon. And it's just so fun to watch the, that number because, you know, when, when you're on Mastodon and you're invested in a platform, just watching the numbers of new users, you know, watching that, that 7.9 to 8 million jump over the weekend was just incredible. Like, oh, we made it. It's just the excitement there is really neat. I had a conversation, you know, in preparation for this show and, and we were banding back and forth, you know, what we, what we would like to see happen and, and what we think will happen. And, and I definitely do think that when um, influential persons decide to use Mastodon as a platform, it's going to create the need for a universal search, a universal way to, you know, you've got influencers, so I'll just keep no political ideations, you know, you can, Rachel Maddow, Tucker Carlson, people like Alyssa Milano, um, I, you know, I could think of a million, but I'll just, I'll stop there, that have such a heavy, twi- you know, Twitter presence, such a brand recognition across, you know, the Facebooks and the Instagrams, when they decide to take on, you know, a plat, you know, they decide to come onto Mastodon, it's going to create the need for something centralized. So I, I kind of feel like, you know, remember back in the day, I started with a Commodore 64, you know, and, and you had to actually sign up, um, I think it was CompuServe. Uh, when I first, but you know, there were many ideations before WWW became WWW. You know, if you kind of stick with it, I really do think that this is going to be a platform that grows very, very quickly and grows in a way that you can choose what your experience, and that's the thing that I'm most excited about. You can choose what your experience is and and not have to. I like say you don't want to ever see anything political. You probably can fix your, you know, your instance interactions so that you really don't. And the ones that creep in, you just, you know, move on to the next. Yeah, um, this is, I'm sorry, Anthony. No, go ahead. I was just going to ask for comments. <laughs> uh, this is David. I, I th- what I predict um is you know we you know those who got into the internet pretty early you know realized that oh there are these like search engine things that i can actually search across the whole internet to find stuff right and you know yahoo was one of the big ones and we had alta vista you know google was was uh, came i think a little bit later but what I predict we will see, because there are all kinds of people writing different apps for, for Mastodon, and I think that we're going to see a Mastodon search engine. Now, you know, that's 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 going to be harder than it sounds, because again, we, we need to remember that Mastodon is not a single platform. Um, right. So if anybody says like, you know, oh, Mastodon is a social media platform. Well, it's kind of true, but it's kind of not. It's really a whole bunch of social media platforms that are interconnected. Um, so w- w- that being said, though, I do predict that we will find a Mastodon search engine. And I think it would actually be easy to do. I mean, I say that it's you know not a five-minute project, but I think it would be very doable. If I had the skill set, I would do it myself, but I don't. But 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 what I think it will work like is basically it'll be like a Google, but it will it will have a list of Mastodon instances, 
and it will be able to search either, you know, for users that are publicly listed or perhaps even conversations in the way that now we can search Twitter and Facebook on a single platform. I think doing that on, you know, a, federa a federated platform or series of platforms is possible. And I predict um, if I'm thinking about this now, I can't be the only one because there's definitely a need for yep. it. Someone's going to do it. And if someone does it as a result of hearing this show, uh, that's fine too. I, I, you know, would, would love to see it happen. So I think it is going to happen. And I'll bet if we revisit this in a year or even six months, um, you know, as, as someone else on the panel said, things change all the time with, with Mastodon and there are all kinds of new apps and services to harness it. I think we, we could be having a very different, uh, set of conversations about it in, in a good way. Dave. David, I would like to speak to that a little further. You know, one of the ideas that I had, and if I had the all the time in the universe, I would do this. Is I think we could. I think somebody that is brilliant could come up with a, a tool called the FetaSearch. You know, we have the Fediverse, where um, you know you could subscribe and things like that between the different islands. Well, I, as I mentioned earlier, Mastodon's based on a thing called ActivityPub. And ActivityPub is used in a lot of other uh, um, apps and things. There's a service called Bookworm. It's book, W-Y-R-M, that's basically Goodreads, but federated. There's mm -hmm. a, a, you know, we could add, like, rank and review books, give them star ratings, add them to your library, and then you could search for that. There's a, a site called PixelFed where you can set up your own uh, federated instance of this thing called PixelFed, which is like Instagram, but in the Fediverse. There is PeerTube where you could watch videos that are federated. And what's amazing about this, folks, is that all of these services are using ActivityPub just like Mastodon. And so if you have an account on Bookworm or PixelFed or PeerTube, you can follow that account from Mastodon and get the same content. Uh, a little known thing that a lot of people may not have heard of is that there's now a plugin for WordPress called ActivityPub. There's actually a few of these plugins that you can get from just searching in the WordPress plugin directory. And then, so for example, you can follow Mike Doeys at iaccessibility.net and be alerted in Mastodon of any time I post a new blog post. And you could do that on your blogs today. You know, it's, it's yeah. incredible how we can, you know, bring in the Fediverse and, and, you know, we can make any website be part, you could subscribe to it through Mastodon. And that's why the power of this is so much beyond what Mastodon can provide through social media and, you know, it's it's more than just social media. It's a whole platform uh, where possibility is really limitless, in, in my view. Yeah, and part of that conversation that I had was was exactly that activity and realizing that if that's happening, it's going to end up happening with the Instagrams and with, with Facebook and with regular websites um, beyond. And we just kind of have to sit back and, and watch as it happens and watch the brilliant people that are creating. Because as David just said, if we're thinking about it and talking about it right now, somebody is probably working on it. But let's go, let's let's take a couple of big steps backwards. 
Um, and I want to ask the three of you if you would share your experiences on setting up, um, getting, you know, getting started, uh, any tips and tricks you have for folks. Um, but I think sharing our personal experiences with it might give folks a, a starting point. Um, we haven't heard from Jeff in a while. Jeff, do you mind going first? Sure. There we all go. Right. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh, sure. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different platforms. Uh, I'm going to focus on windows and iOS. Um, and then, uh, hopefully Michael, you can maybe comment on the Mac or, or David for that matter. I don't know. Um, if you're, if you're on the Mac at all, uh, David or not. Um, so, uh, there, there, there are quite a number of, uh, you know, Mastodon clients out there. And there's more and more coming all the time, it, it, it appears. Um, some of them are in beta, and, and, but many of them are, are, are released. Um, let's talk about iOS first. Um, the, 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 the client of choice right now appears to be MetaText. Um, MetaText looks very similar. Yeah. Yep. It looks very, very similar to uh, the Twitter app. Um, it, it's got a very, very simplistic onboarding experience. You'll be asked for your your instance uh, URL, and then and then it actually forwards you to that website. You log in, then you grant it permissions, and then you're off and running. Um, it's it's. Uh, I'm not sure how well supported it is, though. Honestly, I, I hear rumors of of the author looking for someone to take over the project. So that, that is a bit concerning. There have been a couple of very minor updates to it um, to bring it up to Mastodon version four standards. But uh, so, so, that, so that's a little bit concerning. Uh, it is a free app. So if you uh, wanna get in, into, uh, into this, then that's definitely a free option. There's another app called Mercury. Uh, that's another uh, really good one. My personal favorite and the one that is actually sitting on my home screen right now actually is an app and it's uh, it's actually a paid app. So if uh, if you're okay with doing that, I think it's three dollars, so it's not too expensive. And, and it appears to be very actively uh, being you know worked on. It, it, its app name is called Toot T O O T. Uh, of course, Twitter has uh, tweets and and. They've since changed this to I think what is it posts now is that is, is that right everybody that's, think, that's correct they, yeah I think they changed it to posts uh, but uh, the toot app has not changed it uh, so it, it, it's composing a toot and uh, I, I'm not sure I necessarily like that um, verbiage but that's fine whatever um, it, it's uh, it's a great app it's got lots of voiceover um, you know actions in the rotor. Um, it, it's, I think it's by far probably the more geeky of, of the apps that are, that are out there. Lots and lots of flexibility, lots of control over notifications. As I said before, you can actually browse other instances without logging into them. Um, so it's got some very, very interesting capabilities that you might want to, uh, to, to take a look at in, in reference to, um, uh, uh, capabilities. All of them pretty much do the same thing. So. You can, you know, look at all the different timelines. You can compose. You can look at all your notifications on on these applications so that you can determine who's following you and you can follow back. Um, if you get replies, they tend to come in as notifications. 
So it, it, it's really, really good. Now on the Windows side, uh, my personal favorite right now is Tweezcake, uh, T-W-E-E-S-E-C-A-K-E dot app is the website for that. And um, TW Blue, which is a, another, uh, both of these have been traditionally Twitter-based clients. TW Blue also has a, a beta version right now that, that supports Mastodon. And um, both of these are, are very similar in nature. I think Tweetscake is, is probably, um, it, it's not as feature rich as say, you know, uh, Mercury or, or MetaText or, or Toot on the iOS platform. You know, these, are, these are individuals building these applications and they're currently free. Although I think Tweetscake is eventually probably moving to a subscription model, which uh, I would have no, I would have no problem paying for. Um, I think it's a, just a first-class uh, user experience. Um, the, the, the cool thing that I like about um, uh, the, that I really like about Tweetscake's implementation right now is they have this feature called the profile directory. You know how we talked about the the, the problem right now where you you try to look at, you know, someone's uh, list of people they follow and it can be a little bit problematic. Well, the profile directory sort of solves that in Tweetscake and it at least shows you the first 80 people that they follow. So it's, it's one without you having to change instances. Um, so they're doing some little bit of, uh, you know, magic behind the scenes there to, to do that. They're probably just automatically cross listing from an, the, the, the actual person's instance and pulling the list of followers and pulling them in is probably how they're doing this. But um, so this sort of solves that, that problem. And, and uh, if you have not tried that, then I would greatly encourage you to, to give it a shot. And it's, a, it's an interesting uh, new feature in Tweetscake. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very easy uh, system to use. And if, and if you are remaining on Twitter, you can use Twitter and uh, Mastodon at the same time. Uh, so you'll get you know, stuff coming in exactly at the same time in the client. It's, uh, it's really, really rich. So those are the applications that I've personally tried. I know there are others. It'd be interesting to hear from others that uh, may have tried other applications. I want to go to Michael, and I, I actually want to tweak the question. So if they want to go onto your server, your instance, um, and literally from start, that you know, walk us through... Um, I have never done anything with Mastodon at all, but I want to follow you and I want to be part of your community. Sure. So if you, so like my servers are main mainstream Mastodon instances. So if you're using an app, um, it's very simple. Typically with meta text, if you open the app and you go to sign in, I believe is the button. There's usually a sign up or sign in button and you go to, uh, that button, there'll be an option uh, to enter a server address. And so, for example, my instance, iaccessibility.social, all you have to do is just type that into the address box. Now, once you do that, if you press sign up, it will ask you for a few bits of information like an email address and password. And at some point, it asks you for your username. Um, so once you do that, it will... Um, sign you in you do have to confirm the email um, that is sent to you so 
Um, you have to be able to prove that you are who you are. And another thing that is important is different instances like mine make you accept the rules. And if you do not buy, abide by the rules of that instance, then uh, you can, you know, depending on the rules, like if, if it's a three strike policy or one strike, you know, people can be removed or suspended or limited. Limit Limiting is another um, moderation feature where you can limit the number of posts or how you post or, or who can see your posts on Mastodon. So there's a lot of different moderation um, aspects there, but iaccessibility.social is, is the instance I made and it's open for everyone. Um, and, and that's just, you know, the, there are private instances and there are instances that have requirements for entry. You know, I, I personally use on my phone um, several different apps. I have, like Jeff talked about, the Toot app. Um, and, and that one's really neat because, uh, like he was talking about, you could do that. But as an instance owner, it has additional features. So I can see all of the administration alerts um, that Mastodon gives through the Toot app. And that's amazing because I could see when new users sign up on my instances. So I know so-and-so signed up or you know, if there's problems, reports, or things like that that have to be solved. So that's one of the nice things about uh, that app, and even the official Mastodon app. Uh, and there is an official Mastodon app um, that the creator of Mastodon made um, just so that that could be, you know, there for people that will only use something that's officially from Mastodon. So it just depends on what's your preference. And, you know, on the Mac... Um, meta, I, I've used MetaText on the Mac. I know there's other instances, but I mean, uh, not instances, but uh, other apps. But MetaText has seemed to work the best uh, on the Mac. Uh, but one that I'm looking forward to is the creators of Tweetbot um, have made one, are making one called Ivory. Um, so they made uh, Tweetbot and, and things like that. So Ivory is going to be an app made by them. And so I'm very interested to see if that's accessible and where that's going. So there's so many neat things coming soon. David, your thoughts and any tips or tricks to um, getting started? Yeah, if I were in a rush, I would just say, yeah, what what Jeff and Michael said. Um, <laughs> but um, So a few things. Uh, my personal experiences with Windows and iOS I do have some Android devices here, but haven't tried them, and I don't um, own a Mac. Uh, so that being said, um, a few things. Uh, Jeff, you're right in that the app known as MetaText on iOS, which is M-E-T-A-T-E-X-T, -E -E I believe, the developer did publicly say that, um, you know, he basically said, hey, look, I've I've got some health issues, and I just don't think I can develop a lot of time to this app that I would like, but he invited people to take it over. And MetaText is a very well-liked app in the blindness community, and I do predict that it will be taken over. I still, I'm still using it. It's, it's a very, it's, it's, I just have a real comfort level with it. And on iOS, uh, another thing is with the app that Jeff referred to called Toot, um, 
be a, a little bit warned about this because there are actually two apps with that name. So the app that Jeff is talking about is Toot with an exclamation mark. So it's T-O-O-T exclaim or exclamation mark, however your screen reader will read that. Um, there's another app and, and Jeff is right. It's a few dollars. It's like $2.99 or $3.99 or something. It's, it's reasonable. Uh, there's another app called Toot which I don't think has any punctuation at the end, which is free, it's accessible. But the reason why some blind users gravitate towards some apps and not others for Mastodon is because of the way that they take advantage of the rotor. So if you're used to apps on Twitter like Spring or Twitterific, and to an extent, even the, the Twitter app does this too, you can yeah. use the rotor to just swipe down and see things like, you know, reply and view the user's profile and things that you would expect. With other Mastodon apps, the rotor is either not used at all um, or it's not used very much. So in the actual Mastodon app, they're just starting to make use of the rotor, but you still have to double tap and then find things. And, you know, they're all accessible. It's usually pretty well labeled, but having access to the rotor actions, the custom so gestures is, yeah. is really nice. For Windows, um, I definitely agree that Tweezcake is a class act. It's wonderful, um, real easy to use. And I use it both with Twitter um and uh and uh mastodon and as far as signing up i i don't know that i have anything to add it's a pretty simple process but i would encourage people as michael said to read the rules because we do have a habit of of saying yeah okay exactly. i agree to the terms yeah. and conditions and i don't need to read this because it's going to be legally it's going to take me three hours to go through this don't do that with Mastodon. Uh, first of all, the terms and conditions are usually very easy to read. They're very quick. And it is important because you may find that some servers or instances have rules or they might allow for things that you might not like, or they might have rules that you think are, I don't know, unfair or or things that you don't want Limited. to follow. Yeah. So it's good to to do that, to read the rules of the road for that instance, and then say that you agree to that. All right, folks out there, let's start getting those hands up. Um, I'm going to ask my experts, and again, thank you so much for being here. I think we're all learning a lot. Um, what are there are there areas where people can explore what the instances are about are there ways for them to find instances or you know and get information on the instances before they decide to make their first account hey anthony before we transition there real quick i just wanted to point out one other thing about the sure. terms and conditions because this is one that you could get yourself uh caught off guard here it's as David said, it's really important to read those because oftentimes this is becoming very popular on Macedon. They will put a, a, something in their terms that says, by the way, we need to see this term, you know, in your submission when you're creating your account. Yes. You know, so, so like a password, right? So, yep. you know, if you're just clicking the box and I, and I personally have done this and I've gotten an email going, well, you know, thank you for creating your account, but we're not accepting you because you didn't read the terms. And I'm like, well, 
yeah, I did. And, and then I go read them and went, Oh, they, I didn't because <laughs> so, yeah. So they're doing that. That's a really good point. They, they, they want you to, to truly actually be engaged and actually read them. So, so uh, unlike, you know, uh, lots of other terms and conditions that are paragraphs and paragraphs long or pages and pages long, um, they're, you know, people never read these things. In this case, it really is important. For example, um, Dragon Space, uh, Dragonscave.space is, is, a, is an example of an instance that requires a password. And I'm not going to tell you what the password is. You'll have to go read the terms to find out what that is. But, uh, you know, so just, just be cognizant of that because that, that is something that, that you may find yourself caught off guard if you, if you don't. All right, so to um, to finding instances and information about instances, any tips and tricks for for our listeners on the, on that? Yeah, this is David. So there is a website for this uh, that can list a lot of different instances, and I believe the URL is instances.social. Instances.social. Yeah. And there are different ways of listing them. You could have like a list, you could choose by country. Um, so uh, it, 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 it's pretty intense, but in a way it has to be because there are so many, I mean, there are thousands of Mastodon instances all over the place and probably new ones popping up every week, if, if not every day. So that's one way that you can do it. Um, but if you don't want to go through all that, you can just ask someone you know, whether it's us mm -hmm. or or just someone like, hey, you're on Mastodon. What instance do you like? You know, it's um, kind of like when you move into a new town or whatever or a new state. What you know, restaurant do you want to go to? Yeah. yeah what, 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 what restaurant's good? What, what apartment buildings are good? I'm looking for an apartment with this feature and this feature and uh, uh, rent for $100 a month or less. Am I going to find it? So you can, you know, just ask people on Mastodon that you know and trust. It, that's probably the easiest. But if you really want to kind of go through a huge list and look at different lists of servers, um, go to instances.social. Awesome. Another resource. Um, oh, God. Another resource that you can use, if you have the official Mastodon app, they actually have server recommendations and a search. Uh, that you could utilize to uh, find common instances based on interest. Also, if you go to joinmastodon.org and you go to the servers uh, page, then you could get to that same information there. And that's um, a list of servers that has been compiled by um, the official Mastodon team. So those are always good um, initial looks because those are those are the bigger instances, but... Uh, I would take a look at them and see if that's something that is interesting to you to join before you go uh, anywhere else. So wow. just my thoughts. So I want to invite um, Byron into the conversation. I know Byron's been using Mastodon and having some really good experiences. Is there anything I haven't asked that you think we should talk about or any, any tips and tricks you want to share with the audience? Ooh, uh, you know, things to ask. I can't think of anything, but I, I did want to mention that there really are so many specialized instances of uh, Mastodon. Um, I have an account on, uh, of course, one of the big ones, which is Mastodon.social. It's one of the, you know, first ones. And, 
and one of the largest ones. But uh, I also just recently joined an instance, which is um, tech.lgbt. And, um, you know, there are instances for people who are blind or that have disabilities or that, you know, belong to certain communities or political parties. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's really great. Um, one of the things I have noticed in, in playing around with Mastodon is that people take alt text way more seriously on Mastodon. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. not, not even just friends of blind people and allies of blind people, but everyone. Um, I, I have seen so many boosted, uh, um, you know, posts, uh, about, Hey everyone, you know, let's, let's remember to tag our photos with alt text. And when I was playing with, um, when I was playing with, um, meta text on the iPhone and uploading photos, Unlike Twitter and Facebook, where it's a bit of a, a chore to put alt text into your posts, it's really upfront on meta text. Um, it's not hard. It's in your face. It's kind of like um, these big giant buttons over the over the picture uh, that are very obvious. Um, so sighted people can't really forget about them. That says caption. Uh, caption this photo. Uh, and, and gosh, you know, it seems like people know that it's, it's really important to capture your photos and you'll almost even get kind of called out by people. If you don't caption your photos, it's, it's kind of a paradise for blind people when it comes to visual media, because people are so cognizant of it and I, and it really, really helps and makes that experience much nicer. Yeah, I've seen a couple of the call outs like, hey, you know, you you skip the step or th mm -hmm. this doesn't have, um, you know, I, I haven't seen anything that's been actually nasty, but they, I have definitely seen call outs. And relatively speaking, I think most of them went back in or, or re I'm not I'm not good at re editing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I haven't posted. I I've, well, I'm a lurker right now, but, um, you know, I'm enjoying my lurking. All um, right. You know, you know, Go the ahead. other thing I wanted to bring up, Anthony, before I, before you move on for me is um, on Twitter, which we call uh, Mastodon, people call Twitter bird sight because, um, you know, the T word is a dirty word. Uh, <laughs> uh, we one of the things I really like about Mastodon is that when I follow people who I think are cool, you know, I see their posts they were boosted maybe by someone and i went you know i like that person's general attitude i'm just going to add them almost 90 percent of the time they have followed me back i actually just looked at my follower slash following ratio on twitter usually it's like you know 36 people are following you and you're following like 200 <laughs> you know it's it's disproportionate like how many people follow you back on Twitter versus how many people you're following. Whereas on Mastodon, it's a community and most people go, Oh, you know, uh, you, you took the time to follow me. I'm going to make sure that I follow you back. So it's 70 followers and 71 following, uh, which, you know, that one person, I'm going to have to figure out who it is and give them what for, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> politely. <laughs> yeah. But everybody follows me back, which is just so much more friendly. It's, it, it just seems like a more kind and friendly place. Absolutely. All right. Let's start letting our audience get their comments and questions in. Sheila, how many hands do we have? One right now. 
All right. And over in Clubhouse, you guys get ready too. So let's take that first hand and then we'll go to Clubhouse. Dawn, you may unmute. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Uh-huh. Okay. So I've got a couple questions and well, I've got several. So first of all, um, our, so I had a Twitter profile and I just, I, I never really used it much. And I, I just, I think I just didn't like it for, you know, a whole bunch of reasons. And I will say kind of one thing, I do get sick and tired of the, you know, of the toxicity and the political crap fazoli that is Facebook because I do, you know, that's where I mostly am. And, um, you know, so I do have that. So my question for that is, well, people that had or have a Twitter profile and just never really used it, will they like Mastodon more or less or the same? And um, the other thing too, um, so, you know, yeah, I, I'm wondering too, how can I find like niche servers? Because um, like one thing, you know, like servers on a specific topic about, you know, a specific book genre, like cozy mystery, where, you know, something like assistive technology or just something like that. And how can I find those little niche um, places? And then um, second, like, how can I, so I did hear about bookworm and I did hear that there was an app for it, but I can't seem to find it anywhere. Frankly, I I appreciate and prefer apps more than I prefer a website in my opinion. So, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. Is there an app for that? How much does it cost? And, you know, is it accessible or, you know, if not, do one of the other apps that you're talking about today, Mastodon apps support, support bookworm and can I use that? So that's, that's kind of what I can think of off, off the top of my head, but yeah. I might have more. Great questions. So, we'll we'll come back for follow up. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I oh I, I was just kind of I was just chuckling because yes, I yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Go ahead, David. I think you were gonna speak, right? No, I don't think it was me. Uh, um, oh, okay. No. Michael. <laughs> it was Michael. Um so basically Bookworm, I have not seen an app. Um, I I haven't checked in a few days though. That you know that that kind of stuff can spring up overnight. Um, but I wish they would have an app. If they if they don't, um, you I know, I hope somebody makes GitHub. one. I seen something on GitHub, but then I tried it like, and it was literally just called Bookworm. Like you know how, yeah, how exactly on, how you were selling it, but I could not find it. I can't find anything. So anywhere. on GitHub, on GitHub, that is actually the code to create an instance and that's something that i've been trying to do um my first attempt did not work so i'm <laughs> going to be trying again um but uh and, and that's the thing with bookworm is uh finding an instance to sign up right now is difficult because so many people are flocking to it that the instances are saying oh we're full so um you know i'm trying to provide some of that and uh um, you know, as far as, you know, like, like I mentioned, there's iaccessibility.social if you want an assistive technology instance. Uh, you know, a lot of folks are joining dragonscave.space that are blind. So there's just a, um, a lot of instances out there. And, you know, once you start seeing people, you could pick one and then just start seeing, you know, where other people are. Now, if you know people that are on Bookworm, you can follow them from Mastodon because it's all interconnected. Uh, so you can't do bookworm on Mastodon, but you could follow people and see their posts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what I was thinking too, about like, how do I find like those niche ones, not just assistive tech, but I'm also thinking about like book, like 
like book genres, like mm-hmm. when it, like a book genre that I like to that I like to read. It's called you mystery. I, so how can I find stuff like that, or you know, or even podcasts, or just something like that? You know, the the answer to that is you may find a book generalized book instance. I don't know because instance take a a lot of money to run. So you're yeah. not going to find hundreds and thousands of instances just yet because you know like um. A general instance for folks that may not know, it's about fifteen dollars for a small one hundred person instance, and so it, it gets more expensive, and that's per month, fifteen a month for a hundred users. So they get progressively more expensive the more users you have um, out there. So um, that's why a lot of folks have not created them yet. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I- like I said, I may have more follow-up questions, and I'm glad you guys are going to come back for follow-ups. Awesome. All right. Do we have uh, um, anyone in Clubhouse? Yes, we do. We have Lynn on the stage right now. Lynn, go ahead. Hey, um, can you guys hear me okay? We can. Welcome to Sunday Edition. Good. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So what I wanted to say about Twitter um, is I, I would say that considering that Twitter's uh, economic, you know, life is pretty much dictated by advertisers. Um, you sort of wonder how advertisers are going to react to some of the, um, stuff that's going on right now on Twitter. Um, also Twitter is in its, in its present form seems to really be, um, competing with truth social so i wonder if you know how that is going to um how that's going to affect twitter i think um the advertisers though are like legitimate advertisers um i mean they they'll probably get mike lindell my pillow but aside from that i don't think that many advertisers really want to be associated with the malfeasance and silliness that's going on right now on Twitter. Um, it's just hate speech and, and, you know, anarchy. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's my opinion, yeah. my opinion about Twitter, but let me ask you this question. Um, do you think that Mastodon could be used by advertisers somehow um, in the future, how would monetization um, or could it work on Mastodon? This is David. Um, I think that sure. it could. Um, but again, remember that it's not one specific platform. So Twitter can either choose to have certain advertisers or not. Facebook can choose to have certain advertisers or not. But it doesn't really work that way with Mastodon because you've got thousands of instances all around the country. So yeah, Mastodon.social, if they wanted to, and I don't see it happening in the near future, if at all, but if they wanted to, yeah, they could say, oh, we'd like to open up our platform for advertisers, uh, but that doesn't mean that all other instances are going to follow through with that because most of them probably wouldn't and many of the third-party apps that communicate with these other instances 
you know, don't have ads anyway. So I don't think that it's ever going to be a dominant feature of of Mastodon at all. I think there's been some yeah. discussion about this in, uh, you know, circles about this already. And I, I think what you would end up seeing is that if an instance decided to do that, that that instance would probably get blocked because they would not want other instances to be cluttered with, you know, advertising that, that, that first of all, that they're not paying for. Um, I think it would, would cause for some, some pretty serious problems on the platform. Remember, this is really more of a user-centered platform, not necessarily a corporate one. Although, although, you know, I'm sure there's going to be corporations that are going to, you know, for example, Twit, the, the Leo Laporte network has its own instance, um, twit.social. And, and I'm sure you're going to see other companies do the same thing. So, uh, you know, probably what will happen is the protocol will expand to allow for that in some way. And I'm sure there's ways that the, that the protocol can say, you know, if things are marked up this way, we're not going to bring this content across. Um, that's the other thing that the platform has is, is some really great uh, content moderation capability where you can you can mark your post in such a way where, for example, let's say you're talking about uh, a television show and you're giving spoilers, you can mark the 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 post in such a way where you actually have to age the actual post first before you actually see the content. And that's actually something that is, is very much encouraged. So if you're going to be talking about something that's political or religious or that might be seen as maybe offensive by someone, then it is, it is recommended that you, you, you know, uh, you know, put that in something so that people can choose whether or not they wish to see it as opposed to just being right out in the open. And that, that's a, as, as someone that believes in, in protecting everyone on the internet, I, I really like that about the platform. Yeah. You know, so I want to, I want to address two of the things you said. Um, I, I definitely agree with, with what was just said. I don't think we're going to see it used in an advertising way anytime soon. Um, I do think that companies and, and, you know, maybe certain networks, I, I think that they'll try, they will get on and they will try to push the boundaries and see, you know, what they can do, um, you know, quote unquote brand, um, you know, centric, but, you know, when we were speaking earlier about, you know, making sure that you read all the rules um, and accept when you start looking at those at the, the language, you're going to see it's it would be very, very difficult to to have a true advertising um, model for from Mastodon. Um, going back to what you know, how you originally opened the conversation with with Twitter, we're already seeing it. We're already seeing advertisers pulling out. We're already hearing that, you know, advertisers are on watch and they're, they're kind of waiting to see, you know, what's the next thing that's going to happen. Um, and, and, you know, David put it perfectly early in the conversation. It, I, I, I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Um, but as I said in the beginning, and, and I think everybody, you know, the experts agree, I don't think it's going to go away. Um, and ultimately speaking, even though he owns it, you know, he's got a lot of investors that he's going to have to answer to. And um, once advertising dollars start going away in mass, um, you know, I think that that's that's going to, you know, 
cause a, a reckoning and 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 a, like wait hey okay enough is enough something has to be done here um do you have a follow-up before we go on to the next all right sheila any hands yes area code 435 ending in 755 please tell us who you are and you can unmute star six on your phone can you hear me uh-huh Oh, perfect. Uh, my name is Lindsay, and I just have some questions. Um, I, first of all, um, first of all, would love to know, um, you know, with all of these different platforms, and just wanting to make sure getting set up right and getting questions answered and whatnot, you know, they say with great responsibility, with great power comes great responsibility. So I just want to make sure I'm setting myself up on the right foot and what I'm actually going for with all these different platforms being in one basically, um, is is there a way to be able to contact any of you, you know, Michael, David, anyone um, to be able to ask any questions? Because I have so many, but I don't want to take up my time, you know, take up your time with all my questions. Uh, is there a way to be able to contact you or just somewhere to be able to ask these questions to get started properly? What would you recommend on that? Um, it's David, I, I guess I'll start. Um, you, you know, um... What we really need, and every time I say what we really need, uh, someone says, well, then why don't you just do it? So what we, so I'm a little hesitant um, to say this, but what we really need is, first of all, a public discussion group, either on Freelists or Groups.io, where people can ask about Mastodon, because I think the time for that is now. The problem with Groups.io is that beyond 100 users, they charge now. Um, but I do have a couple of groups that I'm not using, so I could repurpose them. So stay tuned. Maybe that will happen. I'm just thinking out loud. Okay. Um, that, but that's not going to solve your problem immediately. You can feel free to um, email me. My time is is sometimes a bit limited, so I'm not right. going to be able to give you a lot of in-depth one-on-one help but uh if you want of course i say if you want to email me um that means that if i you know say this and i'll probably get tons of emails but i'll, I'll risk it okay. so if anybody and I don't want you to do that. no no no, it's fine uh if anybody wants to email me with with basic questions not like you know can you hang out with me for a couple of hours and walk through the sign up process? Cause it's not that I don't want yeah. to, but I just am not able to. Um, so it's not a question of willingness, but you can write to me at um, uh, questions at davidgoldfield.org. That's questions at davidgoldfield.org. But as this is kind of now germinating in my head, I'm really thinking that I might consider starting a groups.io or free list group. If someone wants to beat me to it, I would uh, beg them to do so because, you know, <laughs> r running running a list like that, um, it does require a lot of sort of maintenance behind the scenes in order to keep the archives sane. And I'm not yeah, sure right. I have the neurons um, to to do that right now um but David, i can help you, can... you create something like that i have a google workspace so we can you know do do a google group or something like that if if we would like to so we'll, we could talk about that offline 
We should. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it needs to happen. Because as more blind mm-hmm. people are hearing about this, uh, because of the chaos going on at Twitter, um, mm-hmm. there, Lindsay, there are probably so many people like you that are kind of like, I have so many questions and I just need a place to air them. And really what we need is a public space so oh, that you yeah. can ask a question and then 50 other people can say, oh, wait, uh, let me give you my uh, view on this or my perspective. And sometimes that can be overwhelming, but more mm-hmm. often than not, if you have a good group of people, it's very helpful. And um, But in the meanwhile, you can write to me at questions at davidgoldfield.org. Okay, great. Really appreciate that. Because yeah, so far with my friends that have signed up, they're kind of in the same way I am. They're kind of like, I kind of know what I'm doing, but I don't have a clue what I'm doing. So don't ask me, but you can ask me. So it's just kind of chaotic right now. And I just really don't know who to ask. So and you know, great. Yeah. And you know what? I first got, uh, I, I know it sounds like I've been doing this for years. Um, I'm going to be really <laughs> honest. I think my first day on Mastodon was November 4th of this year so i'm what? you know i'm like you know a month old uh, with mastodon and and i didn't have a clue as to what i was doing i was fumbling around i remember on twitter i said hey i'm on mastodon here's my username and someone kind of like was like oh yeah what server and i'm like oh yeah i guess i should have specified that yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm constantly learning and also mastodon once you're on it once you get past that hurdle of actually being on it don't be afraid to ask basic questions yes. because people on Mastodon are very friendly. No one's going to write back and say, you know, like, come on, man, that is like, so I'm not even going to answer that. No one, no one has said that because so many people are new to Mastodon. So I'm constantly seeing questions like, hey, I'm really trying to do this and it doesn't seem to be working is, is this, you know, or is it possible to be able to do such and such? And I do ask those questions. I'm not ashamed to say, Hey, I don't, I don't know this. So please don't be afraid to ask that on, on your instance. It's good if it's a, if it's sort of a blindness specific thing to start out Mm -hmm. on a blindness site like dragon's cave or iaccessibility.social until you get more followers. As you get more followers, people will see you on what's called the federated timeline on webs on servers that are not specific to blindness. So I hope I have not overcomplicated the waters by what I just said. No, no I think great. I think um, you gave it really um really concisely. And you know, like I was saying earlier with you know with the alt text, it, it really is a much friendlier environment um it really is um everybody looking out for well maybe not i shouldn't say it put it that way everybody wants everybody to have a good experience so when questions are asked you really do get multiple you know perspectives that's great and it is possible to move your server if needed right i've heard something about that Yes, you can. I actually experienced this. So it's now doing it. You you gotta either get someone to give you the info or you have to be willing to go online and do a little bit of searching. There isn't just like a simple migrate button, um, but mm-hmm. it but it's almost that simple. 
Um, you, you, you just have to do a little bit of work if you say, well, I don't want to be on server A anymore, but I want to move my profile and my uh, followers to server B. By the way, your posts, as far as I know, don't move no with you. Yeah. Um, so oh. if you if you've done like you know twelve thousand posts and you think they're really cool and you move them, uh, now again someone could have or may have written a tool to download those and then you could import them as a you know from a CSV file. I mean there, there may be ways of doing that, but by default your posts don't go with you, but I believe your followers will. I've I've done it. It's accessible. It's not um intellectually really taxing but it's um not something i would attempt with very little sleep and you know <laughs> it's a it's a bit of a process but you can do it some instances do okay. allow you to pull your posts by the way oh you oh is oh, that do? is that so okay yeah yeah i it, did not it, know you, that. you actually have to go in and it's a little convoluted you have to mm -hmm. go in and and um, go into the actual Mastodon, you know, control panel and find it. But, and so it's kind of hit and miss. I've seen it, but it's, it's, why if you are correct, by default, you only get, you know, your followers and following lists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we didn't you know, talk about Debertify though, too. You just read we, my mind, Jeff. I, I, well, go ahead. Three of us. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 so, well, Debertify is one of the tools. It's not the only one, but it is a tool that can look at your Twitter followers and, and the people that are following you and basically say, let's see if these folks that you're following are also on Mastodon and then you can follow them on Mastodon. Now, in order for that magic behind the curtain to work. One of the things that people should do, if you're on Twitter and you are also on Mastodon and you want people who are following you to be able to easily follow you on Mastodon, it is best to mention your Mastodon handle either in your profile or in your username so that the tool can see it because it's got to be able to see that handle so when i post on twitter uh it doesn't it used to just say you know from david goldfield that was my what what you would call your display name but now it says at david goldfield at um tweezcake.social because that's my Mastodon handle. And I do that for a reason so that if someone is interested in following me and they're already following me on Twitter, they can use one of these tools like Debertify. And there are others, but Debertify is the one that just comes to mind because of its name. And it will basically say, oh, you're following uh, 100 people. And it looks like 60 of them have Mastodon handles in their in their uh, profile somewhere. So we're going to try to connect you with those same folks on Mastodon. Did, guys, keep me honest. Did I miss anything or uh, get get something wrong with that? Or you, you, any of you want to add anything to that? Yeah, the only thing is it, it's, <clears throat> it's a snapshot in time that you run it. 
So, right. yes. you know, yes. th- that's really important to, to remember that, that if you run it right now, it's only based on what the world is today. So you might have to go back and rerun it, you know, two weeks from now and see if there are more and often there will be. So just keep that in mind. That's all. And then, and then it creates um, CSV files, uh, comma separated value files, which then you can then into Sedan instance and import these into your account. And that may take a little bit of time for it to actually update. I think they actually handle this synchronously, uh, so they queue them up because it probably takes a bit of time for them to actually do this. Um, so you may not see these changes, you know, instantly when you do this. So just keep that in mind. It may take a you know a couple of minutes, two to three minutes, five minutes before you actually see it accounted for, you know, in your actual account. So just keep that in mind. And you know, going back to to the beginning, for for folks out there who just want to experience it and kind of learn as they go, um, and aren't really looking, aren't really interested in finding a community at the moment around something specific. I would definitely say to start with either Dragon or or Tech, um, because you know it's it's very 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 blind centric and blind friendly, um, and and there'll be enough for you to explore there. Where once you really kind of get, and I'm not I'm I've only been on on the platform or, or the Federation I should say, um, I think it was the 13th or 14th, so you know even less than David. But, you know, there's a lot to explore and experience. And then, you know, once once you're ready to move to another instance, if that is, in, in fact, what you want to do, you'll have learned enough at that point that it won't feel overwhelming. Um, you guys feel the same way? Yeah. Jeff? Should we give our, <laughs> should we give our, uh, should we give our Mastodon user uh, accounts here? If people want to do that? I think that's a good idea. Yes. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, I, I have a number of them, uh, but uh, you're you're welcome to follow what what I'm using as my primary account, which is at Jeff Bishop at Mastodon dot online is the uh, account that that I'm using most often. So at Jeff Bishop, J E F F B I S H O P at Mastodon. Why can I not say that? Mastodon dot online. David. Sure. Yeah. I'm real tech savvy once I find the mute button um, or unmute <laughs> button. So my uh, handle is uh, at David Goldfield, just all one string, no uh, dashes or anything, at David Goldfield at tweezcake.app. Uh, uh, and oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Tweezcake.social. Yeah. dot social so uh t-w-e-e-s-e-c-a-k-e dot social so there are actually two tweezcake websites there is tweezcake dot social which is just their own mastodon server or instance and then there's tweezcake dot app which i think jeff you mentioned and that's for downloading the tweezcake app for windows by the way there is a version of it for mac there's a dedicated version for the m1 mac and a dedicated version for the intel mac i'm not a mac user so i can't speak regarding that the mac versions but um there is the windows version and just to clarify you don't need to be using the Tweezcake app 
if you are on the tweezcake.social instance. So they're, they really have both and they coexist, but, but you don't need one to use the other. So if I wanted to use the tweezcake app on Windows in order to access an account on a totally different server, there's no problem with that at all. So again, it's at David Goldfield at tweezcake.social. Michael? So my my main instance, uh, my main user account on my instance that I use is uh, Mike. It's the at sign Mike, M-I-K-E, Doe's, D is David, O-I-S-E, at uh, Techopolis, which is T-E-C-H-O-P-O-L-I-S dot social. Um, you could also, my, my other ones, Mike Doe's at iaccessibility, uh, dot social. Um, you know, I, I check both places, but the, the Techopolis is where I, I post more than, uh, I use that account to post about more than just blindness related things. Uh, you know, I post about anything tech. So, um, that, that's the one, like we've talked about the, the nice thing about Mastodon is you could have multiple addresses, but the, uh, the techopolis.social is my my main account. So that again is at Mike Doeys. That's M I K E D O I S E at Techopolis. That's T E C H O P O L I S dot social. All right. Let's I think we I think we used Zoom last, so let's check Clubhouse. Do we have anybody waiting in the wings or on stage? Yeah, yes, we do. We have Chanel. Right. Chanel, go ahead. I believe you're unmuted. Yes, I am. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, Anthony, David, Michael, Jeff. I think you <laughs> addressed my question. <laughs> yeah, well, I figured I should come on and say, I was a host on your show a couple times and thought it'd be nice to come and say hi for a change. Um, so I am, I do occasionally use Twitter, but I don't, I, I, I'm thinking about creating a Mastodon account. And it sounds like Anthony was saying, if you just create one on a general instance or server, you know, you'd be good to go. Um, my question is, you know, how much do you have to keep up with it? And um, what is the process of, is, does each instance or server require different requirements for the profile, different information to be filled out. You're mentioning meeting up with their terms of service and whatever. So do you have to give out a lot of info about yourself when you create um, the accounts? And um, is Mastodon something you really have to keep up with uh, to to be uh, whatever? Like if I just look at it once in a while, is, is that okay? <laughs> Who wants you know, to tackle that first? <laughs> you know, this is Michael. One one of the things that I will say about Mastodon is different instances do have different rules about the profile and what you have. If you have an image and things like that, like on, on my servers, I, I'm not going to force people to do any of that. You know, as long as I know people aren't being bots and, you know, I keep track of who's reporting who and who's being reported through the moderation instance, I know what's going on. You know, it just depends on the instance. The way I look at Mastodon is Mastodon should never be a chore. It should, you never should log into it and say, oh, my timeline. Why do I have to keep coming back to this? Why do I have, no, it it should be, 
I'm here because I want to be, and this is how I, you know, have stress relief by just looking and seeing what other people are up to that, that, and communicating and having natural free flowing conversation. So I, I think Mastodon is what you make of it. And so it just depends on where you sign up and, and the kind of people that you are around in an instance and, and that you get to know. And if you don't like people, you can just move. Or, you know, if you do research on the, on the get go and figure out where you want to be, that's what, how you're going to enjoy your experience the most is the way I look at it. David, John. Hey, it's David. Um, well, I think so. You've asked really a two two separate questions. Um, as far as how much you have to keep up with it, yeah, I mean that that's really totally up to you. You you don't have to live there like I do, um, and I'm like always checking it. But again, for me, it's stress relief, and I really enjoy it. And if if that ever changed, then I wouldn't do it. Um, but a lot of that has to do with the people I follow and the type of posts that they that they put up on there. But if you're kind of like, hey, I just want to kind of uh, check it once every few weeks and see what's going on, well, that that's cool. Um, you you can do that. There's no expectation that you have to um, be on there more than that or less than that or what whatever whatever you want. Um, with the limited amount of servers that I've access there's very little that that has been asked of me personally um that i can recall just your email address your first name and um you know it's it's not it it has not been an intrusive process at all for me at, at all so i don't think you'll have to worry about that i have been told that it is um i don't know if polite is the but maybe expected to upload a photo it, it's just something that a lot of people do and i do need to to do that i want to get a newer photo i just want to get some help with with ira in in getting a good photo of me that i know will will be acceptable and um i i just haven't gotten around to doing that um one person did bring that up to me but in a nice way not like you know not in a rude way um but beyond that, I think you'll find the sign-up process to be very quick and painless and unobtrusive uh, with the servers that, that I've used. Well, Chanel, thank you so much for coming to say hello today. I hope you get, you decide to give it a try. And, you know, just point of personal preference, uh, not preference, but, you know, it's my show, so I get to say it. Love the updated um, tags that, you know, instructions that we're using. <laughs> I wish you, you. Could I wish you could be my Siri voice. I really do. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Well, I'm happy to record anything that needs recording. So whatever. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that's Chanel to, who did that. I was wondering, like, wow, who is that person? That's Isn't really great? well done. Hope yes, you know that Chanel's is. greatest hits. <laughs> you should be the new voice assistant voice. That would be great. Uh, I no, just read the script and I have an editor. So Herbie's my editor. I just read the script. <laughs> well, you guys are a great team. All right. Is there anyone else on the clubhouse stage? Yes, we do. We have Abraham. Go ahead, Abraham. I am loving this clubhouse participation this week. Thank you so much, clubhouse folks. Go ahead, Abraham. Yeah, hi, everyone. Qu 
quick question. Has anyone discussed the latest Apple This podcast where they did a 3.4-hour educational session on Mastodon and how to use Metatext? There's a, no, there's a I did part, not know that was up. Yeah, there's a part uh, podcast. It's uh, quite lengthy and uh, would be a great introduction to you know, he walks basically through almost all of the features of the client. Um, you probably want to devote quite, you know, a good afternoon to it if you're going to do that. It uh, also gives you a good introduction to Mastodon, and it's really good. It's found on Navis.com. Yeah, I have yeah, not heard really, it, but I knew about it. I will also. Sorry, did, did someone want to say something? Yeah, did I, yeah, I was like, yeah. It's three hours and forty minutes. It's broken up by chapters. If you use Overcast, uh-huh. first chapter discusses the structure of Mastodon and understanding the terminology. And the rest is how to use Metatext, which is an accessible iPhone app. Yeah. And I will also say that on a recent episode of Jonathan Mosen's uh, Mosen at Large podcast, uh, he also did not quite that long, uh, but an introduction to Mastodon in general. Um, he, I believe, did demo the Tweezcake app. Um, and uh, again, it was not quite as long, but it was, you know, if anybody knows the way Jonathan Mosen uh, talks about things and presents things, it's, you know, it's, it's very well very produced. And I would I would recommend that as well. I'm sure the one from uh, Anonymous is is good. I just haven't heard. All right, thank yeah, you. It's long. So. Okay, <laughs> welcome. I I cannot believe I didn't think to go to Apple this and see if they had anything. I I did a bit of research for for today's show, and and um I'm gonna have to devote an afternoon this week to that. All right, Sheila, any hands go up? No, sir. Uh, how about in Clubhouse? I uh, like it's Ibrahim again. Hang on, maybe it's a different Ibrahim. Uh, All right, the same. It's the same one. We're nothing right now. I don't believe. So let's let's talk about for a moment customizing our experience. Um, you know, it's it's easy to it's easy to follow. It's easy to find. Um, what if there's stuff that we want to ignore, or or we just don't want to say, David? So there's a few things. Uh, first, you can block specific users if somebody has posts that you don't happen to like. Um, there, are, It's very easy. Now, how you do it depends on the app that you're using. Uh, but on Tweezcake, there's a series of hotkeys to either block or to unblock um, someone. Uh, you can do that. Now, I have not personally worked with this, so I'm going to hand this off to others on the panel who probably have had more experience, but there are uh, in the account settings. So this is not within the app. This would be really in the account itself uh, on the instance that you have. There are some filters. There's a filters option that you can use to get very specific uh, about perhaps things that you don't want to see. I've sort of, I've read about it. I just haven't had the need to do it yet. Um, 
I, I, I guess I just haven't found anyone on Mastodon that was just so annoying that I, <laughs> or a series of people that were so annoying. I wanted to filter all, certain types of things out, but uh, maybe Jeff or, or Michael, if you want to comment on filters and what you can do with them. I haven't used them. <clears throat> I haven't either. I haven't had the need. Typically what I do is I will follow or unfollow people based on my interests. So yes. that's really how I've always done that. But I do think that, and I could be wrong, but I do feel like there are more controls in Mastodon to see what you do and do not see based on what I've seen compared to Twitter. And, and you know, your instance can have some filtering options too, based on, you know, interests and things like that too. So all those things are good to consider. And I would imagine that the Apple this, um, and I'm sure Jonathan also covered at least a little bit of filters. I haven't had the need for them either. Um, I just unfollowed something I didn't want to see. Um, and it was easy. So, all right, let's check with our audience again, Sheila or Clubhouse. No, sir. And you've got 10 minutes. All right. Then I will ask my panelists to, um, Give some final thoughts, uh, you know, and feel free to, to expound on Twitter. Um, and if there are any other apps that, you you know, you whether it's Mastodon related or not, that you suggest to folks, um, please feel free. So let's go backwards this time, Michael, and refresh our memory on your instance and, and how we can contact you. Sure. So if you're looking for a good place to go to start out with with Mastodon, you can go to a web browser or do a search in your Mastodon app of choice for iaccessibility.social. That's I-A-C-C-E-S-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y dot social. Um, you can also, if you're a hardcore tech and you want to hear anything about technology, um, you could join uh, Techopolis, that's T-E-C-H-O-P-O-L-I-S dot social. Um, and um, you can find me on both of those instances, just at Mike Doeys. I'm also at Mike Doeys on Twitter. Uh, and again, like David said, if you have questions before we get this group set up, feel free to email me at Mike Doeys, that's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iCloud.com. I'd love to answer any Mastodon questions. I'm very passionate about this topic and, you know, I just, or, you know, the, my biggest thing on anything is technology is just try it out. You know, you may find that uh, you get into it, you're just trying it out just to see, and you may really love it or you may not. That's, you know, uh, I, I have the same philosophy about technology that I have about food. I'll try most anything once. So yeah. um, try, try Mastodon, give it a shot. And you may find that you're very, that you enjoy it more than you thought and, you know, just go out there, do it, talk to people. And, you know, one of the things that you'll find is, is that people are willing to talk about more topics than, than they do on Twitter. It's not just good morning. Hope everybody's having a good day. It's, you know, I found this cool thing today that I've been working on and what are people's thoughts on it? You'll, you'll find more of that than you did in other places. So I would just give it a shot and, you know, I hope to see you all out there in the Fediverse. Absolutely, Jeff. I don't have a lot more to add than what Michael's already said. Uh, again, you can find me on the platform at, at Jeff Bishop at Mastodon.online. I'm also on a bunch of other instances, but that's uh, the main place to, to find me. 
Um, I just encourage everyone to give it a shot. I think it's a, it's a gentler platform. It's not as much, you know, political stuff going on. And, and although <laughs> I'm just looking right now and there are a couple things here <laughs> in my timeline and they, they're going to get unfollowed because I'm really not interested in it. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it, it's, it's a really great platform and you can really control your destiny on it. So have fun with it guys. Thanks, David. Sure. One, one app that uh, I f forgot to mention, um, and uh, it's not an instance for signing up. It's not a server, but it's an app, and it's a web app. So it's not something that you download on your computer or on your phone. You just access it with a web browser, is uh, a site called Pinafore. Um, Mast all of the Mastodon servers do have some nice hotkeys, but it sounds like um, Pinafore is even better with that. I don't use it a lot, so I, I can't speak much about it, um, but it's, it's P-I-N-A-F-O-R-E dot social. So once you've signed up with an instance, you can try Pinafore dot social, take a look at its hotkeys, and you might really like that um i would just say come on in the water's fine um it, it you know um don't be afraid to ask questions as i said earlier to i think it was Lindsay. i i still do it i probably will continue to do it as i learn more about things and um most people are more than willing to answer i've my questions have always been answered with courtesy and charity and, you know, if you do get the occasional person who is uncharitable, just ignore them, block them, and you'll never have to deal with them again. You're always going to find those people. So yeah. I don't want to say it can never happen on Mastodon, but most people, you know, many of them are, are still new themselves. So we understand that what it's like to have someone say, hey, I'm on here for the first time, and I don't know what the heck this term means and and all of that. Um so just try it. Uh, you can find me on Mastodon. Uh, handle is at David Goldfield, G-O-L-D-F-I-E-L-D, at Tweezcake, T-W-E-E-S-E-C-A-K-E dot social. All right. And, and I'm going to extend an invitation to the three of you mid-February, late February, so that, you know, maybe we'll do one hour of a Sunday edition where we can kind of catch up and see what's new and, and how many million have been added since we spoke today, how many of our ACB members may have become Mastodon users. Um, Byron, let me, let me bring you up on stage for a minute. Do you have any final thoughts or, or anything you want to add to the conversation? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, that Mastodon is a worthy uh, place to, to check out if you're looking for something refreshing uh, as far as social media. It really is a, a totally different environment from things like Facebook, because that's where your family and your friends hang out. And it's different from Twitter, because that's where all of the media outlets and politicians and people hang out. Um, it It really is a place to just find new people who are like-minded. Um, and so I, I really think it is, uh, it, it is a good option and a good opportunity to try it out. Uh, also meta text is my favorite, um, my favorite iOS application for Mastodon. 
So that's a good one. I started out with the Mastodon app, but uh, I found out that that uh, meta text was much better. And Anthony, thank you so much for having um, these panelists on to help everyone, including myself, make uh, more sense out of Mastodon. It was it was really helpful. Absolutely. And so if anybody out there is an Android user, unfortunately, we didn't have um, much Android information. So what I will do is at the top of the show next week, um, I will, I'm not an Android user myself, but I will research and, and try to get a little bit of information that we can share for Android users um, at the top of the show next week. I have a really great show next week with um, Becky Dunkerson and Mark Reichert. And hopefully all of you, we're going to talk about emotional well-being throughout the holiday season. Um, and I also am going to introduce a portion of a conversation that I had on a non-ACB uh, uh, podcast with um, surrounding the You Are Not Alone letter writing campaign. And of course, most of us are not going to be um, wanting to put pen to paper, but it's the, you know, it's the thought that counts reaching out this holiday season to folks and just letting them know they're not alone. So um, I think I'm really <laughs> excited about next week's show. I hope everybody comes and joins us. I hope everyone checks out Byron's Fun Zone one of these Sundays. And let me give a huge thanks to all three of the panelists, um, Byron and Sheila, of course. And God forgive me, who is doing Clubhouse for us? Brad. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone. I think we're like two or three minutes early, but that is okay. Everyone have a wonderful Sunday. And um, don't forget to check out Holiday Karaoke on Saturday nights, at least for the next three. And then they'll be on Friday nights for the two holiday weekends. Um, at 8 p.m. on ACB Media 5. All right, everyone, have a great Sunday. Every Wednesday night, come listen to The Land of Aru, a show all about the award-winning high fantasy audio series, Carcerum. Join Anthony Corona in listening to an episode of Carcerum with 360-degree sound design, a completely original score, and find yourself in the middle of an adventure filled with monsters, sword fights, and magic. After the episode, listen as Anthony interviews cast and crew members about their careers and the amazing process of Carcerum. That's The Land of Aru every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on ACB Media Stream 3. Presented on ACB Media 3 in association with Shane Salk Productions and Sunday Edition. You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream One. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.